Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. My name is Matthew Westfox. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, joining me on the line is our other host, Paul. You want to say hello? What is up? I mean, like, as opposed to, like, down? <laughs> you know? Let's not get that philosophical. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to be talking about villains. Um, it's a topic, obviously, we've talked about a lot the last couple weeks. Um, um, but we want to talk about something specific uh, that I think today is actually going to be the first of probably a couple of episodes, because I think there's a lot in this topic we want to get to. Um, what we want to talk about is villains we kind of agree with. Um, and today we're going to be focusing specifically on the character of Astra and a little bit non from the superhero, uh, the Supergirl TV show, uh, specifically Supergirl season one. Um, but let's start by just talking about this general topic a little bit. Um, Paul, what, 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 what is it kind of like for you when, when you see like villains that you're kind of like, you know, this guy has a point. There's something to be said for for that for the the point of view of, of the person who's supposed to be the the bad guy in the show. I like it. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's like I'm watching Dexter, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. That, you know. I, yeah, I, mean, I think that Dexter is a great example where they, they just start by sort of saying like, is he a hero? Is he a villain? Let's throw that out entirely. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm more thinking of yeah, like like I know you've said that at times like Magneto is a character who Magneto is definitely portrayed as like the bad guy in the X right. But there have been times you said where, like, you think he's got a point. Yeah, well, I mean, overall, he has a great point, which mm-hmm. is that when humans, when a group of humans, but in this case, all non-mutant humans, I guess, decide, you know, they come up against a group of people that they don't understand or they're afraid of or whatever, they have a tendency to do very bad things. And, you know, I mean, he grew up during the Holocaust, right? right. I mean... And that obviously informed his worldview. Um, and in the world of the X-Men, the government um, and some private organizations go around, you know, trying to do various things to mutants from cure them, you yeah. know, of, uh, of, of what they are to uh, imprisoning them to genociding them basically or to at least just being like well let's just just register you know yeah. so and and that brings up obviously very good points of like well if you're against all of that how do you deal with that do you act like professor x and you know start a stool a school and try to kind of take care of other mutants and um help them sort of reach their potential and be branded very clearly as the good guys. Right. Or do you fight directly against it and um, sometimes even sort of preemptively try to, you know, oh, well, if we kill all the non-mutant humans, then they won't – it's like, well, that's that's a lot of people, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think what I see – and I first of all, I, I would say that it feels like one reason why I think I, I enjoy a lot of the more recent X-Men movies – with the noted exception of Apocalypse, uh, although right. I thought even Apocalypse they did this fairly well, is unlike I think one of the fir- the first couple of movies, and certainly unlike the earlier TV shows and things like that, they're doing a lot more to to sort of really show Magneto's point of view, you know, and to show that he has a legitimate point of view and that it's not so clearly black and white of like good guys versus bad guys. Yeah. Um, it, and the other part of it though for me is I, I feel like. Sort of the easiest thing that a lot of these shows or movies can do is to say, okay, well, the villain has um, 
like they see a problem and we can agree with them that it's a problem. It's just that we disagree with their methods. Right. You know, and I think that, that that's sort of an, a nice first step. But what I what I think is really cool about Magneto and, and I think we'll talk about Astro in a second and, and some of these others is where it's not even beyond that. It's where the character is is taking steps to address the problem and there's steps that we feel like we're supposed to think, well of course that's wrong. But but on some level you're kind of stepping back and thinking like, well, well is this wrong? You know, like right. um uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll actually probably go a lot deeper in, in another episode on Amanda Waller. But for yeah. me, she's another great example because, uh, and again, if you look just at the Su- Suicide Squad movie, um, spoiler alert, by the way, spoilers probably for Suicide Squad, um, definitely Supergirl, X-Men. Super X-Men. Girl. Oh, yeah. spoiler, we should have told you, Dexter kills people. Um, what? <laughs> I never said that. I, just I know. Said he does stuff that, you know. You were right. You were better than I. Um but, you know, in, in the Suicide Squad movie, we see Amanda Waller doing these terrible things to bring together a team, and, and we might be like, that's, that's really not okay, but the team saves the world. Like, right. And so on some level, you're like, well, I don't know if I can really say Amanda Waller was bad or wrong. Um, yeah, well, I mean, they saved the world from, you know, <laughs> a threat that she created while putting together the team. Also a problem. Also so, a problem. But, but yeah, I mean, it... it she does a lot of things that are like, well, no, that's just not okay. Right. And then she does some other things that are like, well, that maybe that's okay. You know, maybe maybe she should be doing something a lot like what she's doing, mm-hmm. but not exactly what she's doing. You know? Yeah. Um, th- there there are certainly ways that she could go about doing something very similar to what she does, uh, and and I'd be just like totally on her side. I think. Yeah. Um, I- I mean, and here's why, to me, this is such an interesting issue, like, overall. Like, A, just because I think it's intellectually interesting, but because I, I I see that when people are afraid of things, like, of a problem or something like that, we can often use that to justify doing some pretty terrible things, and that can be really problematic. I mean, like, yeah. you know, American foreign policy is so much based on this, you know, the fear of ISIS and all that. But, but then on the flip side, also, that... It does feel like sometimes there are lines that we establish for ourselves of we should never cross this line, and and it may be that that's a good line to establish, but 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 I I think some of these characters what they do is really interesting because they sort of say well well is that a line we should never cross if it's right. about saving ourselves from you know this terrible thing, right um, or saving someone else or saving a million people or seven billion right exactly right it's it's where where you know it becomes. Okay, would you kill a thousand people to save a million people? Right. Well, you know, who who are would you say would you kill a million people to save a thousand people if they're like the thousand people that you know and like and it's like a random million people? Right. I think a lot of people probably would do that, or at least they'd be like, well, maybe, you know. Oh yeah. I, I mean, don't know them. Uh, in Arrow, uh, spoilers for Arrow. Um, uh, um, I, I one of the things, and I it annoys me that they use this plot point so often, but. But I think a plot point that they bring up, and I may disagree with the characters, but I, I understand that this is how people would think, is the like, well, a person I love is in danger, and so like the bad guy is making me do something terrible because I have to do it to save the person I love. Well, that's okay, you know. Like Lance uh, is totally forgiven for working with Damian Dark because mm-hmm. he did it to protect Laurel, and, right, right. and you know that this happens so many times. Um, yeah. 
so so yeah so like with that kind of a framework let's look specifically at um supergirl and and um or specifically at the character of astra um uh and paul for uh, for anyone who has hasn't seen the show or hasn't hasn't seen it in a while do you want to give us just like a quick um summary of of what who astra is and sort of why why what it is that she's planning to do and why we might see some sympathy with it yeah so i mean i watched the show when it was on for the most part so apologies if i get anything (laughs) a little bit wrong but i think you know she's she's supergirl's aunt her her kryptonian aunt not you know from earth and she's the twin sister of her mom also yep right so so there's twins one of them has kara or uh yeah and and then the other one's astra and um kara's mom is she has some i think governmental capacity in, yeah she's sort of like a prosecuting right? attorney slash in, judge right in, in, in krypton, krypton yeah which is a planet that is being destroyed by its people right um and and whose government is just ignoring the the fact that the 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 people of Krypton are destroying their planet and, and they're and, not going to have a place to live. And, and important, I think, to say is that that, that it is set up in a way that it, the, the the allegory to the modern situation with climate change is very clear. You know, yes. this is a they, they, they are overusing the resources of the planet and that is going to lead to the destruction of the planet. Right. And and that's I you know, I think that's been krypton's backstory for some time uh-huh. i think if you go back far enough it was just like eh, planet blew up you know clark right. came to earth and that's like oh yeah and uh, and his his niece too or his aunt or <laughs> yeah I, I don't even know what they're you know but th- however they're related um and oh cousin they're cousins yeah. um of course but anyway so so you know it it's like they went from having this just like well the planet blew up what are you gonna do to like well, why did it blow up? And then they got into that. And, and there have been a number of stories that dealt with that. But, um, you know, the the idea being that in this particular story, Astra was some kind of military officer. I forget right. exactly what. Um, but she, you know, it's sort of like General Zod. I mean, mm-hmm. she's basically the General Zod, right, right. of um, of Supergirl. I mean, it's the same idea where it's like you've got you know the kryptonian enemies but really they're trying to save the species of kryptonians except that's not really her thing she's trying to save humans right right? i think that's yeah i think where she differs from zod is that because we're sort of talking about astra on two different levels one is what she was doing on krypton which is that she was killing people and in, in an attempt to do this myriad plan, which we'll discuss in a little bit, because that also gets right. into some other... But but basically, like, she had a plan to stop the destruction of Krypton. Right. And it was going to involve killing people and, and doing some other pretty bad things, but it would have in theory, at least, it, it would have stopped the destruction of Krypton. Yes, it would have literally saved the planet. And, 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 in theory, yeah, it worked. Well, and in, and in the story, at least, it's no longer theoretical, because the you know, we're now telling well, a story in that the, the planet of Krypton has been destroyed. Well, what's theoretical is that it would have worked. Right, sure. Right? But, but I mean, we can assume it would have worked. We, we don't know. They didn't really say that. But right. she had a plan to save the planet, which was definitely going to get destroyed otherwise. It did get destroyed. 
because she wasn't allowed to use the plan. We don't know whether that plan actually would have worked or not. Right. But now she has a plan to save Earth from the humans who are, you know, doing yes, the same kind of thing. Doing right, and, and, and maybe and, Earth isn't going to blow up like Krypton, but it's going to become uninhabitable for humans. Right. And and I think that that's where I think you're right that in a lot of ways, storytelling wise, she's very similar to General Zod in that, like, you know, it's another Kryptonian, but. But whereas General Zod is often portrayed as just being either just sort of power hungry or just even in maybe the newer movies, he's he's more he's still pretty fascist. You know, he's still pretty like, yeah, I want power because I want Krypton. And, and I mean, it's you don't really sympathize with him in any way. Um, whereas I, I, actually I, I, in Man of Steel, I do sympathize a little with Zod. OK, like he I mean, whatever he did, I, I don't remember exactly what was going on on Krypton. I think he was just like totally wrong there. Right. But I mean, he's coming to Earth to try to save his people. Right. You know, and yeah, he wants to kill all the other people in, you know, first, which seems crazy. <laughs> um, and, I, and I don't really understand the plot of why they need to do all the terraforming or whatever. I don't, I don't really remember. It I, I wasn't mean, a great I think, movie. Yeah. Well, maybe. But, a bit. Go ahead. You know, he he's he wants there to be Kryptonians, right. you know, but, and I think that is something you can relate to on some level. I, I mean, maybe a better way to say it is, I feel like there is an element to which I can sympathize with General Zod, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily. Agree. I'm not thinking like, yes, right. your goal is one that I support. Right, your goal I, and your method, maybe even I'll consider. Right. Whereas yeah. Astra, I'm like, even before we talk about her method. I'm 100% in favor of Astra's goal, you know, like yeah, yeah. saving Krypton. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in real life, let's do that, right? Right. Like, well, exactly. And I think that that's the kind of interesting thing that, that to me, that's why there's so much about the show, I will admit, I did not like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There were moments where it made the writing of Arrow, I thought, look pretty good, which is a, a difficult thing to achieve, even though, yeah. I, you know, but I enjoyed it and I enjoyed a lot yeah, of Arrow. Yeah. Um, but, but I... To me, what it, it left me really thinking about, like, because, because, yeah, what she's kind of saying is, with our world literally in danger, why are you drawing these, like, ethical lines in the sand Right. To th- that, that, like, you're going to sort of, like, hold on to your ethical principles while the, literally the world dies around you? And, and it, 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 to me, that, that's fascinating because it really makes me think, like, yeah, you know, if there were things that people could do now to stop global warming that would be kind of terrible. Would I be against them? Like, I, I think I would, but but I'm not sure, you know? And I, I To me, that's what I, I was so interested by the, with what this show did, is is raising that kind of a question. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I don't think I would be against them. I mean, uh-huh. I think... I mean, if you want to get into Rachel Ghoul for a moment... Yeah, like not a good one. He, I mean, you know, in... Probably most people, like a wider audience, is familiar with him from Batman Begins. Yeah, give ten seconds of background who he is. Yeah, Um, he's you know the leader of the League of Assassins or the League of Shadows, depending on you know the where you're where you're getting your your source. But um, but so there's a a, basically a group of ninjas, you know, (laughs) essentially who uh, try to kind of keep humanity in check in a certain way and, and kind of look out for things in a particular way and they primarily do this by killing lots of people yeah right uh and and i think they could definitely have some some better methods <laughs> but his overall goal like in in the in the christopher nolan series you know 
his goal is basically he wants to destroy Gotham because it's corrupt. So there's right. this very kind of like sort of crime and punishment Sodom and Gomorrah kind of feel to it, right? I, yep. I think something that's yeah I don't know I'm not anyway <laughs> I'm uh, going to the biblical stuff but yeah it's right. the that's, idea from what I understand that's the right reference right um, but so the you know that's that's not really the racial ghoul that I that I like and and find um, relatable there, there's kind of another version who's more like well humans are destroying the planet they're making it uninhabitable for each other it can't sustain this many people. And so I'm just going to kill, like, 80% of them and then, like, you know, rule the world and, you know, make make things, like, habitable. And, well, I don't really agree with that <laughs> exactly. I, I do think there comes a point when it's just, like, I mean, I do think governments should institute carbon taxes. I think they yeah. should institute beef taxes. I think there's a point at which, like, Germany's, I think, outlawing the internal combustion engine by 2030 they're gonna at some point they're gonna halt manufacturing and they're going to not allow them to be on the car on the streets at a, after a certain point now it's not like next year right which like if we really wanted to halt you know global warming if we really wanted to stop climate change as fast as we can like maybe that's what we would do right right but it's it is i i think it's reasonable to have some sort of balance between like okay how hard are we going to stomp down and be like, no, you've all got to stop doing this, you know, or are we going to try and have some kind of a more palatable transition period where it's like, we're going to aggressively move in this direction, but not, you know, super like tyrannically, but like, right. if, if it's, if the only way, if literally the only way to stop humans from, destroying the planet the only planet that humans can live on is to be a little bit of a tyrant like that's the point at which i'm like all right mm-hmm. you know all right what are your suggestions and let's let's talk about them whatever they are what well, and let me let me push on that a little bit more because i i will admit this is something that it just hearing you say that makes me cringe you know because there's a part of me that's like no tyranny has to be bad but but I also think, you know, destroying the world kind of bad. And and frankly, I was watching Astra and being like, I think she's got a point. So yeah. so let me contextualize it a little more. And, and uh, you know, this is a, a superhero ethics podcast. It's not a politics podcast. But I think right. this issue has so much relevance to, you know, our own situation. Like right now, you know, we've had all this discussion about the alt-right and its support for Trump. And like right. one of the, the sort of common themes on the alt-right is that democracy has failed. And, like, right. that there is a need for more of a, like, fashion, like, that there should be more of a, like, authoritarian government that can, like, decide what is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And I fundamentally agree, disagree with that, but I have to admit part of it is because I think their definition of right and wrong is one <laughs> I would find so terrible. So, like, yeah. if there were people who were saying, you know what, our whole election system is so broken, you know, if Clinton is the best we can do or Trump, and you know, we just need... Uh, and you know we need to make Bernie Sanders in charge, you know, right. like or even just like Obama, like you know four years ago, you know, con- you know, co- the people in Congress were doing everything they possibly could to stop any attempt by Obama to govern, you know, it, mm-hmm. if there had been a push to say like, look, let's just give Obama more executive power so that he can just right. do the thing, <laughs> like. Which which happened, by the way. It, it, it did somewhat, but no. I mean, but I mean, like I the, mean. 
the president does now have the authority to kill anyone. Sure. <laughs> without but, a trial, without anything. But let's say, but, like, Obama had just said, you know what? I'm going to issue executive orders to start f- – like, what you just talked about in Germany, that was democratically done, you know? Yeah. yeah but if that's, that's gone through their Congress. Or their if whatever. Obama had just started, you know, claiming executive authority to say, you know what? We need this actual real health care system, not – what the Republicans are for. I'm just, we're just going to do right. it, you know, right. and, or like something about climate change, you know, like, would you have been in favor of that? No. Um, see, because that, okay, there's a couple things there. Yep. Um, one, in terms of healthcare, we're talking about what? I helping just... people, like individual people, you know, and like, I, I'm talking, yeah. I, I don't want to get lost in the specific example as much as just the general idea of if there was a liberal alt-right authoritarian movement. You know, if there was An a, alt-left yeah, if, authoritarian. I mean, if there, there is, a, but... Well, right, but if there was a push to say, look, let's just make Obama dictator-in-chief for the next 20 years, you know? Right, right. Get, uh, rid of, get rid of Congress, let Obama decide. Let Bernie Sanders decide. Yeah, no, I mean, if it were let Neil deGrasse Tyson decide... You could you could probably talk me into it. And here's the thing, though, is that it... Okay, so you can't take an elected leader and then say, let's make this elected leader in charge of everything because, like, well, they were elected, and then now we're going to change the whole system, the context, uh, you know, the whole system from the context under which they were elected. Like, that person is there, therefore arbitrary. Right. The question is what, like... Why are you trying to institute some kind of um, extremely authoritarian sort of government? You know, in what manners can they be authoritarian? You know, why are you doing it? And then once once you know why you're doing it, then then you know who to choose. But just choosing a person because, well, we need someone to do that. No, no, not okay. I mean, honestly, yeah, I do believe that the rule, the world needs to be governed by scientists. Right. I think it's absurd that we ha- that it's governed by lawyers, basically lawyers and business people. Like, th- th- those are people who are whose profession is basically jockeying for per- for personal professional advantage, or sometimes you know defending the rights of of people who can't defend their own rights. But, like, that's a really small minority of a whole group of lawyers and business people. And I think it's, like, politics are so political that, you know, I I do think there are people who think, like, well, you know, we need things to be this way or that way. And they worry about survival in terms of getting invaded, like... Like, I've heard people say, like, oh, well, if we didn't have a military, then the United States would be gone within a week. Like, well, you have a country of 300 million people that's geographically enormous with 300 million guns in it. Like, really? Another (laughs) country's going to invade it and conquer it in a week? Like, I think you give your alt-right friends too little credit, (laughs) you know? (laughs) No, and I I think that's a good point. And I think, I mean, I I, want to push – I want to definitely – keep going on the other of the authoritarian question because I'm not quite where you are but I definitely see what you're what you're saying but but I think I, I will certainly agree that I think one of the areas when I was thinking about this show I was thinking like what are the what are the things where I'd be okay with some authoritarianism 
And I, mm-hmm. I, even just saying it, I still I'm like, no, I can't be. But I think one of them might be like, in terms of the like distribution of information and of misinformation, mm. you know, and just like, right, right. I know one of the things that has so frustrated me throughout this this election process is just that lack of like anyone who can say, <clears throat> you know, this is objective truth, you know. Um, you know, this person, the, these statements are wrong, you know, like statements right. about homosexuality being harmful are just scientifically wrong. Right. Um, but, but where I, where I go is, and, and, and pulling it back a bit to the topic, which I'm taking us far away from, that's not blaming you. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, like you said, Astra is the great scientist in that story. Right. But we don't know if what she would do would work or not. Like I, 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 Part of my fear sometimes is that I feel like there's a way we can almost sort of fetishize science and forget that it is still being created by humans who are just as fallible, you know, who have all of those fallibilities. And but like it's almost like the, and that's why we need artificial intelligence. Yeah, I was going to say, and this is <laughs> let's get into Brainiac, you know, because yeah, okay, is, yeah. isn't that often a storyline actually of Brainiac that his idea of like, you know, that 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 there can be just pure intelligence or am I am I mixing up two of the stories here? Um, what? I mean, Brainiac, you know, spoiler alert for all Brainiac stuff everywhere, I guess. <laughs> like, Brainiac wants to go around and acquire all of the information. Right. And then delete the original sources. Okay, he's not the... Who, who is the person in the Justice League stories where it's sort of like a supercomputer that is... is... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, Amazo. Yes, okay. This is the android, right? So this is this android who's created... By Professor Ivo, who was who worked for LexCorp, and um, the android basically every time it comes in contact with a person um, or someone with abilities, it it um, basically doesn't absorb them; it, it mimics them. It learns how to uh, copy whatever those abilities are, and basically, at some point, it just achieves absurd power. Right. So it's like, well, what do I do now? And well, then what it does is it just basically ponders, you know, and tries to acquire information and actually goes and um, plays chess in, in Dr. Fate's tower. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think the answer to everything is chess. But I, you know, uh, it, it improves mental acuity. Um, right. But yeah, but no, it, it gets, I guess, because to me, that's, that's where... You know, I, I always love the idea of, you know, if someone... I mean, this goes back as far as Plato, you know, like that if you have the person who is perfectly trained to know the right facts and to come to the right decisions, just give all of them the power, and that's going to be better than, you know, human variables and prejudices and fears. Right. I just, you know, and I think even, even Supergirl kind of raises this question of, like, because we don't necessarily... Like, if... So if if Astra's plan is 100% foolproof, sure. What if it's not, though? What if it's, like, the best science tells us that, you know, I think this is going to stop global warming, you know, Krypton's destruction, but I'm not right. sure, you know? like Yeah. Well, yeah, so then it's it's a gamble, and you have to try and assess the probability that it's going to work. I mean, if if the alternative is – so we have basically three, three options, kind of, right? Uh-huh. Like, if we look at – the real world and throw in something like, you know, what, what Astra's bringing. And to, we can talk about like what she's actually trying to do. Right? Yeah. We're definitely like, going to get to that. Cause I think that that leads, that's a specific kind of control that we should definitely talk about in a second. Right. So, you know, one option is we do nothing mm-hmm. and 
unless basically all legitimate scientists are wrong and um, carbon doesn't function the way it functions and you know something I don't know I guess yeah um, so there's some you know divine intervention hand of God something that like I, I don't know maybe some people think that's what's gonna happen I don't know um, then you know the, the planet will be uninhabitable the seas will rise right the, right. the ice caps will melt and it'll be the, the temperature will be unlivable in certain places first coastal cities will be underwater like I, I mean it is literally apocalyptic right. right in terms of uh the the prognosis for humanity if and that'll just continuously get worse on until i guess humans are no longer able to manufacture the technology that was causing the problem in the first place and then maybe eventually it'll level out i don't know but like the worst case scenario is really really awful right, right? and then maybe the best case scenario is just like yeah, everybody stops driving their cars right now. You know, we make only electric vehicles. Like, somehow people get reimbursed or they get their cars replaced. Or, it, it, I mean, you obviously would need some period of transition so everybody isn't just like starving all the time. But, like, we stop raising a billion cows or whatever it is. I'm just pulling that number <laughs> out of nowhere. But, I mean, cows and, you know, the dairy and, and meat industries are one of the biggest causes of, of uh, climate change as well. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. And if we immediately stop doing all of those things, like in the next five years, maybe, then it'll still get a little worse because, like, climate change is already happening. Yeah. Right? Like, there's always – this is – every month is the hottest month. Well, no. Yeah, and so what's the? I, I just I want to make sure so we don't turn this into thing, a climate change podcast. But yeah, sure, go ahead. Sure, sure. The, the, I mean, you know, that's the main plot. But yeah. <laughs> the, the third, the third option is we find some middle ground, right. right? And that middle ground is we, you know, negotiate deals like the the Paris climate change, you know, the the agreements in Paris, and we then then as many nations as possible hopefully seek to exceed those goals right because meeting those goals will just mean that things only get really really bad you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like because th those goals like set i think they set a pretty low bar from what i understand right. um and you know and and maybe we do collectively maybe we actually vote for um better restrictions and maybe we change people's minds Right. That's to me, that's like that's the middle ground. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we don't know that'll work, but, you know, and that's a gamble. And so, yeah, we're gambling with humanity's existence. And so, you know, that's that's what we're doing. Right. right? That's what's going to happen. There isn't like another thing that's going to happen unless some really catastrophic stuff happens. And then people probably will turn towards authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, you can look at the German government banning internal combustion engines and think that's a really authoritarian thing to do but like making murder illegal is also authoritarian like in a, in a similar way you know it's like well I guess and, and here's here's I, I think I can draw a separation though between to, uh, is authoritarian like if, a, if we're defining authoritarian as like a government imposing authority on other people then sure right, that's what government does Right, but to me, what authoritarianism means is more the like that that government that does that wasn't in. I mean, 
what I'm going to say is that it, it that it wasn't democratically elected or isn't representative of the people. Right. But I recognize that that's – I mean here's where the, the argument breaks down is that that statement sort of presumes that democracy is you know, it, is the wonderful great thing, which I, I do kind of think I believe. But is I, – I guess this is to me the, the interesting question is because to me part of what Astra does you – know, the, the response is I think kind of what – in that third option you were kind of saying like because it's important to say we, we want to fix global warm you – know, we want to fix the destruction of the planet without – violating our core issues without our core right. you know values but what Austria is coming along and doing is saying well, well really why are those your core values you know like you said yeah. like is the difference between the german people approving this authoritarian measure really that different from a german strongman doing it you know i think it is but i think that the the line between them is a lot blurrier than than we might like to, to hope um, i think it's different in a matter of degree not in a matter of principle Right. In a way, I mean, democracy is the tyranny of the masses, right? I mean, it it is – it's the majority imposing its will on the minority and not necessarily the majority in terms of any kind of identity issues, in terms of strictly political will. Right. right? And, and but, in, in theory and constitutional government, you have checks on that, but, you know, yeah. we can all – we can talk about how, how problematic that is. And it, I, I mean, in some ways, I feel like I, – I, I don't want to give the writers of Supergirl too much credit because, like I said, I think it's a pretty bad <laughs> show. But, but in some ways, I, th- I feel like part of what Astra is doing is calling back to a question that's been there for the entire superhero, for the entire Superman, Supergirl storyline, like yeah. way back to the '30s. You know, mm-hmm. because there's always an element. Uh, like, it's so interesting to me that Superman stands up for you know peace, justice, and the American way. Truth, justice. Truth, America, justice, right. and the American way. Thank you. Actually, peace. Uh... Important difference. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, be- because, I, I and I know that like you know in, in the, even in the Batman or Superman movie they kind of imply this being a possibility and it is brought up in some other ways. And I just said something positive about a Zack Snyder movie throwing me off this podcast. Um, but. But the, You're off the podcast. Okay, how authoritarian of you. Nope, yeah. democracy. I outvote that. Um, what? That's one to one. <laughs> That's a push. There we go. Where's Sorry. the vice president? So I stay. Um, but but yeah, but like there is a there is sort of a, a strong push in some of those comics to say, look, let's just put Superman in charge of everything. You know. Right. Um, and I think that even happens in some of the Justice League comics. Uh, oh, actually, well. Um, What's the name of the mirror universe that the Justice League goes to? Oh, the Justice Lords. The Justice Lords, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a world where Superman, Batman, you know, Hot Girl, Wonder Woman, uh, Green Lantern, and I think the Flash is dead. But um, yeah, it's the Flash is dead, and that's what inspired all of them. Yeah, and Martian Manhunter, and they're, and they're they're just like, no curfew, you know, right. like. Well, you know, the president's. Can we do this or that? And he's like, "Well, we just don't think we can do that yet, but we'll get right. back to you, sir." You yeah, know? they're they're using their. Oh yeah, they're like, "Can we have elections?" No, we don't think that's a good idea yet because and they're using their is... godlike power to impose, you know, right and goodness on the world. At least right. as they understand it. And just a little uh, to foreshadow a podcast podcast I definitely want to do in the next few weeks, and something I've been thinking about ever since Trump's been running for president. Um, in that world, Lex Luthor was president. Yeah. Lex Luthor <laughs> the people mm-hmm. and did whatever horrible things, and then Superman killed him in the Oval Office. Right. So, you know, and, like, I'd probably kill Lex Luthor in the Oval <laughs> Office, too, 
if he were, you know, the president. Right. No, and I think that that's, like, one of the things that I was thinking about during this, during Supergirl, um, and let me say to any NSA operatives who are listening on this podcast, um, which part of me thinks, like, you know... That would be great. Yeah, I mean, like, I think... <laughs> that's when you know you've made it, is when the NSA is listening to this podcast. I want to believe, because of Snowden, that they're listening to everyone, but there's kind of some ego in assuming they are listening. But yes, no, if any of you are listening, everything I'm about to say is 100% hypothetical and about a time that happened in the past... Please don't come and arrest me. Um, but, like, I remember when George Bush was president and uh, George W. Bush, and, and we were at the height of, like, the worst part of the Iraq war. And, I mean, the military itself was, like, really upset at the horrible mismanagement of that situation. Like, there was, like, some very, very casual, mostly joking, but, like, a little bit serious talk about, like, what if we had a coup d'etat in this country and the military overthrew President Bush? Um, and and there was a there was some people being like, w- would that really be bad? Like, I, I right, w- we're sure, yeah, probably because well, coup d'etats are bad, but but also like getting rid of this horrible president, um, who you know like, it, it, it it's to me these are all parts of the same question of, you know because because I, I there, I am a hundred percent in favor of the goal. I'm a hundred percent against the method. You know right. But well, is, is the goal important enough that it's okay to do a like not great method? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely I, I in some disagreement with you there. Um, uh, let's see the jokes first. First, I think it's pronounced W. Um, yeah, okay, that's legit. That's legit. <laughs> second, that was when Dick Cheney was president, right? <laughs> also legitimate, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, third, to get to the actual substance. Um, there was an article about how a Trump presidency could end in a coup yeah. um, because of all the things that he said that he would make the military do if that are just a strict violation of um, uh, international laws and, you know, the Geneva Conventions and all these things that, you know, a lot of the military people were like, we would not do that. We have sworn not to do that. Like one, one of the things they're supposed to uphold the Constitution, right? That's like part of. Right. That's that's, that's part of their oath. Right. So if the president of the United States is metaphorically making war on the Constitution, it I mean, it I would argue that it's actually the military's duty to to not let the president do that to not right. by and what exactly that looks like. I don't know. Um, but to, to take an actual uh, example that has happened, like look at Turkey, right? Yeah. Turkey recently had a failed coup that I, I was entirely rooting for it to be successful. And I think the United States was also, but they couldn't come out and say that, right? They kind of like waited and waited and then it failed and they're like, oh, well, you know, bad coup, oh, well, you know. And, but the truth of the matter is that in Turkey, m- the military has a history of keeping dictators in check, basically, of they, they'll have a coup and they'll be like, okay, now we need to have elections and try and have a more, you know, demo- uh, democratically elected president who's actually going to follow you know the the their constitution or what however it's set up right. and i think that's totally fine i mean i think it's unfortunate whenever you get to the point where that's what it comes down to right but if i mean is it okay to overthrow a tyrant i i would say yes right. i think it is and the question is where's the line Right. Right. At what point does someone become such a tyrant that they need to be overthrown? And then also, what happens next? Well, right? and I, think, After- 
I think because it's that idea of, you know, if you were to say that the military imposed a leader overthrowing a democratically elected person, just that description, which would be an accurate description of what you're talking about, it's that the military person you would think is the tyrant, you know? Right. But yeah, once you look deeper, once you look further, you in the situation like we were talking about, yeah, where is the actual tyranny happening? Right. Um, and, and I guess that that's to me... That, that's kind of the core. What I'm getting at is I feel like it, it's easy to sort of start by saying, well, democracy, good, military-imposed government, bad, you know? Right. And overall, that's probably something that in most cases I'm going to agree with. But but Hitler was democratically elected, you know? Right. Like, the German military tried to assassinate Hitler, and we heroize those people for good reason. Right. Um, you know? So... Um, yeah, do you have anything more on that, and then I come on... Uh... No, no, we can move on to, you know, the next. <laughs> yeah. um, now that we've established, yeah. I, um, well, so, so focusing a little bit more on, on, on Astra and where she's coming from, um, so where, look, let's just look right now on, like, what, in the first part of the season, when all we know is she was killing people in an attempt to stop what was going to happen to Krypton. So right. we don't quite know what her plan was. At that point, are, are you on board? If, if the fact that we know that her planet was going to be destroyed, we, we know she oh. thinks that she's going to solve it. Wait, 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 where, what's your thought on her at that point? I mean, do you mean while I was watching the series or looking back knowing what she was doing and what her goals were? I'm saying like, if, you don't, if we don't yet know that she was trying – if we know that her goal was to try and stop, stop – um, you know, stop the destruction of Krypton. Yeah. We don't quite know what her method was, but we know right. that her method, among other things, involved killing people. Right. Um, well, yeah, and I mean, for for me, it's like, is she right? You know, yeah. it's it it doesn't come down to some sort of principled stand of, oh, well, you, you can't kill anyone if you're if you. I mean, I don't know how many billion people there were on Krypton. I think it was more populated than Earth, but I I, I could be wrong. Um, but you know, if your goal is to save eight billion people, I do think it's okay to kill a few people if that's the only way you can go about doing it. If there's better ways of doing it, then there are better ways of doing it. That doesn't mean I'm gonna look at that individual act and like like it, right? right? But if that's the only way, that's the only way. But it does come down to me. It's like, was that the only way? Was that the best way? It, I mean, it didn't work. Right. So, and to some extent, she wasn't right. I mean, she was she was maybe right about what needed to be done, but she wasn't right about the way to do it, right? right. Because it didn't work. And the the thing that actually really annoys me about most of these villains, um, and less so Magneto, because I feel like he's more like transparent, uh-huh. is that they go around doing all this stuff that they know everybody's going to be against and is going to be like, oh, you can't do that, you can't do this. But they don't explain their plan to people. And in general, like, villains explaining their plans to people <laughs> is generally horrible, right? It's like, oh, here comes another monologue. You right. Know? But, like, in that case, it's like, maybe they should... I mean, I don't know. Maybe they thought the only thing they could do involved some kind of espionage and doing something secret or by surprise, and they didn't want certain things to be protected. But it seems to me like she could have actually made that case... A little more convincingly to um, the people could, who could actually help her do something about it. But w again, we're not really given—we're given like little bits, right? Right. 
so we don't I don't I don't think we ever have enough um, information to really make a, a a reasonable judgment about you know whether that was a good or a bad thing to do yeah no I think that definitely makes sense um, and so so now let's with that let's kind of look at it with all the information um, by the time we get to the end of the super of supergirl season one um, we see what their plan was and at this point again major spoilers here uh, Astra is dead so it's being implemented by her husband uh, is it nom or non I think it's non, it's, right? It's definitely non, okay. which is an Indian bread. But right, yes. I don't think um, they spell it that way. I think they spell it N O N. Yeah, like, it, yeah, it's not N A A N. Um, and and I think in some ways he actually to me feels even more like a General Zod character. And and, and in some ways yeah. I think there's an, there, there's the show sort of implies that he's implementing the Myriad program a little bit more heavy-handedly than she would. And 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 but but I think we. For the purposes of the show, his version of the plan is what we see, and so that's what we'll we'll discuss. Right. Their version of the plan is to basically, and you know, calling back to our earlier episode uh, with Greg Haley, um, Doctor Greg Haley, forgive me, um, is to take complete and total mind control of all the people on the planet. In the show, it starts with all the people in the city, and basically force them to 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 put aside all their petty squabbling and and focus on the problem. You know, right? Um, and, and it's it's you know it's kind of like Germany extreme. You know, it's like if someone says we're going to to take mind control of everyone and force them to stop driving cars with combustible engines. You know, and 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 they say you know the day it happens, crime is down like a hundred percent. You know, like all these right. the good things <laughs> yeah. that are happening. Um, right. But it's at the expense of obviously any sense of individuality or freedom or you know these people become literally mindless drones. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're, we're now that we know her plan, what was your take? Like, is that worth it to save the planet? Well, so yeah, here's the thing. Like, mind control is probably my least favorite thing. Right. Right. Like, of all the things, that's the <laughs> thing where I'm like, no, don't do that. You know. <laughs> that's why I thought it was so. That's why I really wanted to, to talk to you about it because it's it's such a balance from what you're saying before. Yeah. So it's like basically the worst thing, and I mean like killing people's worse or you know doing other torture and stuff like that. You know, but. But is it? You know, I mean, it is. It is. But, like, out of all the things you can do to someone, like, that don't really physically damage or, or I guess it is physically, I mean, you're taking control of their body. Like, right. they're, they're no longer them at that point, right? Um, it, it feels like the biggest violation. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I really think saving the planet is like pretty much literally like the greatest thing you can do mm-hmm. right like of all the goals you can have and because it's not like to me it's also it's not just like saving humanity right i mean you're you're saving uh all the other living creatures on the planet as well i mean to some extent so you know okay what were they actually going to do after they mind controlled everybody like were they going to just have everybody you know, build all of the solar panels and cover the Sahara and, you know, and solar panels and then, like, you know, make electric vehicles for everybody and, um, and, you know, I guess change people's eating habits or, right. like, and, and then, like, maybe a year or two later, give people back control. Like, the, the, I guess the question to me, like, it seems like the most invasive thing you can do 
that's also the most non-violent thing you can do mm-hmm. right like it doesn't involve killing anybody um but for like kind of the best goal but the question to me that i don't think we ever get an answer to is like what's the end game right is the end game to leave a society of drone people right or is the end game to be like okay we're going to show you how much better things can be if you all are completely cooperative and you um you know make these changes that are going to give you a sustainable environment and you know a, a lifestyle that that can last forever or at least for you know until the sun destroys the earth sure um, well, and, and here's I think where I, I'll admit I'm frustrated by the writing because I think you're, I, yeah. I think what they wind up doing is having non and indigo slash brainiac kind of take it more into a like mustache twirling like now they're all our drones you know they're right. going to be our you know we have total power and control right and, and, and so here's where I'm like let, let's discuss the show that they should have written instead of the show they wrote yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah if, yeah like what if Astro were still around and she was running that yeah and and let's say right. it was that they what they said is we're going to take control of you for a year right and in that year we're going to stop all carbon production we're going to like do you know create you know we're going to use Kryptonian technology to make you build you know carbon reducing machines mm-hmm. and we're also hopefully going to show you that by cooperating like this and not focusing on these other things for a year you can solve this problem right and then at the year they give people their control back right what do you think about that i mean i like it like if i could <laughs> do it i would like i wouldn't even really give it any deeper thought just to be honest like sure i see problems with it but like I'm pretty confident that's a better outcome than the one that we will achieve in the real world, no matter what I do in my lifetime, uh-huh. you know? Now, now and, you, you said you would do it if you could be non. Would you do it if you're one of the drones? Are you okay with it being done if you're one of the drones? Oh. I know this means you have to recognize that you wouldn't necessarily be the smartest person on Earth, which is hard for you, but let's see if we can push you there. Well, not necessarily the smartest, but the, the most powerful. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the joke. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I wouldn't like it. Uh-huh. But I would then, in retrospect, probably like that. I mean, even if in the real world, like, somebody could actually mind control me into, like, doing all the things that I plan to do for a year, <laughs> you know, at the end of the year, like, I would be happier, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I mean, we'd have a few more blog posts that we've been promised for a while. More, well, yeah, we'd, I'd certainly have more money, <laughs> like, you know, and... But, but so, yeah, I mean, I think I would... If if that were a thing that actually happened, right? I think at the end of it, I'd feel extremely violated, right? Um, and I'd be mad at the people who did it. But at the same time, I do think I'd look around and be like, "Oh snap! I got a Tesla," you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I, I I don't think I'm quite where you are, but I'm but I'm honestly I, I I am I'll admit it's one I'm really wrestling with. And let, let me let me just walk you through a little bit where I would see it. Yeah. One of the things that like when I when I was in um uh seminary at a, a couple of fantastic courses on like sort of you know moral development and ethical development and, and one thing we, we looked a lot at is you know the way children are taught right and wrong you know mm. and like you don't try to tell a three-year-old like at some point in time you're going to try and teach a child the value of sharing and the value of like not you know taking Johnny's toy is mean to Johnny and you should care about Johnny but but there is at some level like a basic level of like don't 
don't take Johnny's toy or else you're going to get punished, you know? Oh, right, right. Like, there, there's a very basic level at first, and, and the hope is that as you morally, as you grow up and sort of your intellect and your morality develops, eventually you can stop telling people to do things based on that kind of, like, reward-punishment system and instead teach them to to make the right decision for themselves, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, and yeah, because the, the idea being, you know, a world in which everybody is only doing the right thing and again the right thing is obviously a highly subjective term but is only doing the things that we have collectively decided are the right things out of fear of punishment rather than out of an actual belief that it's the right thing to do is pretty problematic you know and that, that's sort of the goal we want to get to in some way but 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 also again you know like even just take even like a more simple example like at, you know at some point you teach a child like why a stove is hot and like to understand heat and to understand don't touch it. But at some level, it's just like, I don't care if you don't understand it. Just don't touch the stove. Um, And that's kind of the way I see this, is like, to me, what Nan and Astra are doing is, in some ways, it's being very paternalistic. And I don't, that term often has a very negative connotation. I don't necessarily mean it that way. I sort of feel Mm -hmm. like what they're saying is they're saying, look, I think actually Astra uses this language directly at some point. Um, she says, look, you humans are acting like children, you know? You're doing the wrong thing. You don't realize that it's the wrong thing. And so we as your parents, or as the people who have appointed ourselves your parents, are going to come in and just tell you, this is the right thing. This is what you have to do. We're going to make you do it. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and it's like, you know, on some level, I see where they're coming from, but I also feel like, I, I don't want to say that like if human if human, humanity saves the earth in terrible means and it's not worth saving because that feels too extreme, but it does feel like such an important part of it is us figuring out how to do this because we got ourselves into this mess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I have a few thoughts. One, humanity is a three-year-old child. That's <laughs> like I, I was like, is this going to be the point? <laughs> like, I, I mean, I can't. Definitely... There's sort of a, there's sort of some truth there, <laughs> you know. But but I also I mean, know you're a big advocate of like. You know, not saying, well, you're a child, you're not old enough to make a decision for yourself. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even like saying that to children. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. And, and, and you've taught children. I mean, you've been a Taekwondo instructor. For yeah, kids. yeah. I have taught children. And, and I I really don't like the idea, you know, punishing children and uh, having that be the reason they don't do the things. You know, I... I, I I don't. I didn't even find that to be a particularly effective method. I mean, it, I guess it works with some people, but um, I felt like finding ways to get people to get kids to want to do the things I wanted them to do mm-hmm. was much more effective than trying to get them to be afraid of not doing the things that right. I wanted them to do. You know, um, and and yeah, I think real teaching is teaching not just what but why you know and and of course yeah with the two i mean i've never taught two-year-olds you know I, i've taught as young as three-year-olds and that's really hard you yeah. know and <laughs> and i i don't know like being you know what what it is like being a parent and having a, a kid constantly like everything right like yeah. there's just um but but yeah and so i don't like the idea of of being like well you're all children and and i mean if we just 
for a moment, like back to the election, you know, the number of articles that use the, there are two phrases. One is breathlessly, you know, as so-and-so <laughs> breathlessly reported. It's like, you know what? Like, come on. Um, and the second one is like a petulant child, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, there's plenty of people that I would maybe say it's, it's just, it's so tempting to be like, Oh, so-and-so, you know, is responding to this like a petulant child, or they sound like a petulant child. And you might think a candidate's like that, or you might think certain supporters are like that, or people who don't want to vote for your candidate. But it's like that. That's not. It's not really constructive, you know. But, but in terms of of um, you know, treating humanity at large like children, you know, it's to me, it's like. I don't know. I feel like that difference between children and adults in in some senses is not quite as big as like we would like to believe it is as uh-huh. adults, you know. And uh, the thing is that I the the just the biggest problem is that if there is any sort of a tyranny or authoritarian government that comes to power, it's it's never the scientists running it, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, I know, like, just, like, worshipping science or whatever can have its own, you know, because it's, you know, it's not like scientists are always right. But um, but the goal of science is basically to be right more often, right. is to have a better understanding of what's actually going on in the physical world. And, you know, I I feel like, the goal of politics is generally to convince people to think that certain th- that the things is it's like to convince people that the physical world or that what's going on in the world um, is whatever would be most politically expedient for you for them to believe right a lot of the time and you know fine not all the time but like to me that's actually kind of what politics is like politics is the act of trying to talk people into things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't necessarily see a way that, like, the quote-unquote right people get in charge. Like, I, I mean, I, I do think that humanity tends towards the authoritarian, you know? I, I mean, I think people often do want that sort of paternalistic or maternalistic you know that yeah. that like I, somebody's watching out you know and it's reassuring i mean and, and I, for me as a reli- for me as a religious person i know that has often you know i i i am deeply enmeshed in religion but also deeply critical of religion and i see that that's one of the most dangerous things about religion is when it can it serve that role you know to say like it's okay someone's in charge you don't have to worry um and i i think not necessarily Supergirl, but I know certainly some of the Superman stories and some of the other stories have definitely played up that option, you know? And I think actually yeah. even in Supergirl somewhat, there's been an idea of, like, don't worry, everybody, Supergirl's in charge. Like, she's right. going to take care of things. Yeah. Um, and there is an almost kind of messianic religious idea behind that of, you know, like, a, a, it, it's a sacrifice. Superman? Messianic? I know, crazy. <laughs> um, um uh, you know, I mean, and that's definitely been something that's been established in a lot of really interesting ways. Um, there's been some great scholarship actually in about some less it. interesting ways. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, but but so that's so so, so and, and again, um, maybe I should give the, the writers of Supergirl a lot more credit, or maybe they stumbled onto this accidentally. Um, but but actually, I think maybe you could sort of see 
the danger of that in what happens with Non and Brainiac because mm-hmm. it's like okay well because yeah. in theory they are supposed to be the scientists you know they right they don't have you know they they seem to start out as being very like dispassionate we think this is right for the Earth we see this terrible thing happening we saw it happen to our own planet we scientifically know that this will work let's do this but what happens by the end is you know, Non and Brainiac do kind of enjoy the power that they get, and it starts to right. kind of go to their heads. And and I guess and maybe that's my pushback is like I don't know if I could ever trust you know even Neil deGrasse Tyson you know awesome amazing you know if there's one human being on Earth I would trust more than anyone it's probably him. Yeah, he's um, like my favorite person. I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> def- know? I definitely think so. But even there, like I would have to worry a little bit, like. You know, when he's deciding what are the kinds of food that we need to limit because the production of these foods is, right. is deeply – is there that one thing that just is his absolute favorite that he's going to be a little like, ah, yeah. we, can, we can maybe let this particular thing go. Right, you know, right. like whatever it is. Like it's just – it's so hard Like, because, yeah, I – Well, I, so I think if you have a tyranny by scientists, I don't think you have a tyranny by scientists, you know? Like, to me, like, he would be the front man. Right. Well, but, but but even there, I mean, like, you know, a tyranny of my scientists was kind of, like, I'm not going to say led to Hitler, because I think that's too extreme, but I think, like, you know, 19th century science was right. absolutely convinced in, like, the racial superiority of white people, you know? Like, this isn't crack science. This was, like, it was as accepted as, not, I would say, as accepted as global warming is today, but in that vicinity, you know, I mean, it was just, it was basic scientific knowledge. Um, and that was used to justify a lot of, I, I don't think I would have wanted those scientists in charge, you know, by any no, means. Yeah. Um, and I, they didn't even know how to split the atom though. So, you know, I mean, come on. Well, but I, I, <laughs> I know we don't know how to split quarks. <laughs> I wonder if 200 years from now, someone is going to be able to look back and say, Neil deGrasse Tyson had some great ideas and, you know, said some hilarious things and was incredibly smart, but look at the science he supported, that 200 years from now, we're, they're going to look back and say that's completely unsupportable, and, and obviously, you know, I, I've never actually heard him talk about meat eating. Um, right, and, yeah, you know, I, I don't I, I have enough. I, am, I will admit I'm an unrepentant carnivore, I continue to be, although with, with all of my caveats about ethical um, <laughs> raising, but, but, but maybe 200 years from now, people will say how could we, you know, all of science was looking at all these issues and they weren't realizing, you know, the huge problem with meat eating and, like, how wrong that is, you know? Right. Um, maybe, maybe that'll happen. Um, I mean, I hope. Yeah. I, 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 and and my, my point is not... not to, well, well just ahead. to broader be broader about it, like, I am very confident that unless things go drastically off the rails... 200 years from now people will be look back and see some things and be like I can't believe people did that right. or thought this or that was okay you know and we don't know what those things will be and we don't necessarily know whether or not they'll be right but I think odds are they'll probably be less wrong than we are about a lot of things uh-huh. um, I mean I hope so you know and I I, I do think that um at the very least, the mass raising of of animals for food, I think, will historically eventually be looked at like, I, I can't believe people did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a large part of that might be based on climate change uh, and it might be other things. Yeah. But 
and, and I, and yeah, and then as we've talked about before, like I'm, I, I am, when you talk about the mass raising, I mean, the factory farming system of, of, yeah. of animals, I'm in complete agreement with you there. You know, right. I, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm more on the, like, I think there is ways of ethical meat raising that are more like in line with, with, with you know, natural cycles. But again, that, that, that's an issue I think we should definitely get, we've talked about like your identity as a vegetarian or who you connect with. I think that's an issue we should, de- and, and my issue is a, my, my identity is a, a disabled person. We're going to do more on identity, and I definitely want to get deeper into the vegetarian question when we do that. Um, um, but but I think but because overall my point there was just given that we can see evidence that the science of today is is almost definitely going to be isn't at isn't perfect. You know, it is prob it is just it is very fallible by human standards. Um, um, does it become I would say very fallible because it's still being created by humans. You know, it's not mm-hmm. the perfect computer that right. is just spitting out here's how we have to fix things for the climate. Does that change? I mean, I, I, I guess, I, I'm not even going to ask you, uh, you can respond to this, but I guess for me, that's that's my hedge against the authoritarianism of science. You know, that that's mm-hmm. where I'd be like, well, because I can't trust that Astra and Non are completely right. And mm-hmm. so, like, I can't trust that Neil deGrasse Tyson and his army of more Tysons, even though actually that would be a great band. Um, but like um, <laughs> Neil and Mike. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't total aside, but there's a fantastic picture of Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, Bill Nye, and Stephen Hawking, like all standing on a road looking at the camera, and it just looks like the cover of the greatest science rock band ever. <laughs> um, nice. um, but yeah, but I guess that's my point. Is I guess that's that's. You know, and maybe it's even a methods methods means thing. It's like I do I, I do kind of like that idea of the authoritarian that's just going to tell us what to do. But but for me to believe in that, I have to believe that the that I can trust the authoritarian. And right. I, I just don't think I can. Yeah. Well. So I mean, first of all, like I hate the idea of the authoritarian, <laughs> right? But I I think that that's kind of no matter what you do, that's how government any organization with that much power is that's a form of authoritarianism even if they're democratically elected because it's not like um the you know quaker uh everything has to be um unanimous right right that's not that's not how we're not going to get that done um but i so I, i think when when people talk about the fallibility of science i think there's a bit of a fundamental misunderstanding in terms of like how science views itself because mm-hmm. any good scientist is acutely aware of the limitations of our present understanding right right and so there's always a notion of um certainty and uncertainty right relative certainty mm-hmm. so there are things that we are extremely certain of which really just means very 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 un uncertain of but like still there's a little bit of uncertainty because of this or that and then there are other things that are like well we know this is probably true but you know but and and so i think when you have like truly great scientists i think always understand the limits of what they're able to get and are probably frustrated by Oh, yeah. You know, I, by like not being able to live to be able to see 
the next thing or the next thing or the next thing. I, I, I mean, I would like to believe, I don't know if this is the case, but I would like to believe that if the whole world said, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson, please be in charge, he would probably right. say no. You know, I think he would be the first to be like, no, that's not what. Oh, like that? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's DeGrasse, not okay. DeGrasse. That's but li- it's, yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine um, that he's the science teacher at DeGrasse High, but that's, we'll, oh. we'll move along. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> you're better. But no, I guess I, I, I assume it's a reference to something. I, and, and maybe that's kind of the thing is like you'd like to hope that like, or maybe hope this is the problem. Like, right. The scientists, the scientists who would be willing to say we are smart, we know best, we're going to be in charge, yeah. are not the ones who are as aware of what you're talking. You know, the ones who are the best scientists oh. and aware of what you're talking about are probably not going to want to be in charge for that exact reason. I, I, I well, so I don't agree with that necessarily either because. As much as a scientist and or science in general is aware of its own limitations, it's similarly aware of the greater limitations of people who reject science. Like, uh, there, you know, I think this is Neil deGrasse Tyson quote, but like, the good thing about science is you don't have to believe in it for it to be true, right? right? And so, it, I mean, if you told me, you know, not actively a scientist but you know I maybe I should have been but like um, I do try to look at the world as objectively as I can and uh, if you told me that I had total power like my first act of total power would be to try to create a power structure that involved a lot more people than just me mm-hmm. you know and yeah they would mostly be they, they would they would certainly all be people who believed in science. Yeah, that, you know? that I would not argue with in the slightest. And so I think the fact that world governments are run by people, and I mean certainly the U.S. government, is run by a whole lot of people who don't even believe in science. Who The vice presidential candidate doesn't believe in evolution. Yeah. Like, this is... You, if you want to like express some level of uncertainty because oh well this or that or we could be living in a simulation or you know whatever like okay but if you just want to say like nope nope that's not true humans ride rode dinosaurs you know right. like well that's just that's that's not what happened yeah it's you know? just wrong yeah and and so that level of rejection of science and reason to me is that I think that should just automatically disqualify someone from making laws that other people have to obey laws like you know you need to have a funeral for your fetus after you get an abortion right. like no, um, and, and I, I agree with you there and I, I'm struck by um, th- there's a term that I often hear used when describing the politics of other nations that I never mm-hmm. hear used for American politicians and I often hear it used in a, in a pretty negative way and it's tech- mm-hmm. technocrat oh, and it's right. the idea of like like for example, there was a time in, in, in Ireland's government when it, its economy was going through some real problems. Um, this, not more re- I mean, about like 15, 20 years ago. Um, yeah. And they talked about how a, a person had been elected who wasn't really dedicated to either political party. He didn't really have an ideology. He was just an incredibly well-trained economist. Right. And, and so he was referred to as a technocrat. And like, yeah. so what they did is they recognized a crisis and they took someone who best understood the crisis and put him in yeah. charge like that sounds crazy i don't yeah, know I mean, why would we do that like i definitely yeah, there i can definitely see what you're saying yeah um i guess just uh, to self-disclose a little bit more on my own work um 
and this is all rel relative to the co the original conversation. I promise everyone. Um, but um, we're talking yeah. about superheroes. Yeah, here, right? exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, we're we're going to get back to that in a second, and then we'll wrap up pretty soon because we've been going for a while. But yeah. is um, you know, one of the jobs that I had a long time ago was I worked for a, a reproductive justice organization. Uh, at, it, doing religious work in terms of reproductive justice, which is in terms of, like, you know, um, pro-choice and, and defending those rights and stuff like that. And I remember I was working with someone from a, a, a group called Doctors for Choice, uh, and, and it was a group of, like, medical scientists, mostly doctors, but also just, you know, biologists and things like that. And 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 she and I were on a panel together talking about, like, the science... And we were also on a panel with a, a person from Law Students for Choice. We were talking about, like, legal ethical and, um, you know, biological approaches to this whole question of abortion. Um, mm -hmm. And she said something I thought was really interesting, which is she said, if you ask a scientist, when does life begin in terms of, like, the idea of, you know, is a fetus alive? Right. Well, the first thing a good scientist will ask you is, well, how are you defining life? Yeah. You know, and that once the ethicist or the whoever it is says to the scientist, this is our definition of life, the scientist can then say, okay, well, here's where that happens biologically. Right. Or they can say, like, okay, well, you're telling me that life begins there. There's actually no scientific evidence. You know, science should play a role in that other decision, but that there is something else that scientists needs to know. Um, yes. And I think about that in terms of this because I feel like maybe where I could go with you is if we're saying not that it's a... If the scientists are going to say, okay, what is the goal we're trying to achieve... We as the scientists will tell you the way to get to that goal and how to do it, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. But, but like, I don't know if science is what tell because is the decision of is saving the earth worth killing a thousand people or right. a million people or a billion people or, as Ra's al Ghul would say, 80% of the people. Like, science could, you could use, like, you know, utilitarian ideas to, like, decide that. But, like, there there's another question there. Um and I guess to me that's where I'm coming down is I, I sort of feel like the dictatorship of the scientists to me you, you need at least something else saying what are you trying to scientifically figure out yeah well I mean it's like yeah what I mean so what's the purpose of government what's it supposed to be doing and that's kind of what we're arguing about all the time when we're electing people as opposed to oh, I thought trying you, to you figure and out are arguing about, but yeah that's true too no but about like who's best as opposed to like who's best for the job, you know, right. and, um, you know, I, I, I do think that sometimes you can look at two candidates and be like, well, I agree with this person's, you know, proposals, but I don't think they actually know how to do the job at all. Right. right? And then you can look at someone else and be like, well, they know how to do the job, but I don't like what they want to do. Um, and so it's I mean, it's tricky when people don't even agree on what government is for. Right. Right. And so in terms of. I don't feel like there's someone else who's necessarily better suited to deciding what government should be for or what government should be aiming for. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that you could, you know, within a pool of people who have the ability to understand you know facts and evidence and you know science um, you could have people who have very different ideas on what government should set out to do right and uh, you know I mean to, to me I, I think 
humanity needs to set out to just stop this shit cold, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, basically. And government's a tool that can be used to do that. And there are other tools, you know, that can be used to do that as well. And, you know, I mean, capitalism can be used to do that. That's what Elon Musk's trying to do, basically. Yeah. Right? Like, when, you know, when he started Tesla and... You know, now BMW is making an electric car that's, you know, kind of like between the cheap and the luxury kind of there, you know, on the lower end of luxury or whatever. I I mean, even the the Toyota Prius was a first step towards doing that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But so the point is, is like, you know, he wants to make money with his company. But like if someone else tries to get in on that market, like that's a win. Yeah. Right? That's that's already that means whatever he was trying to do, he succeeded in whether or not the company makes a bunch more money or not. Like people are moving in that direction. And I, I think um, probably irrevocably. Um, but it, the question is how fast. And, you know, so the point is that it, it, government doesn't have to solve it. It's just that government can solve it. Right. And, you know, mind control could solve it, but it doesn't have to. So. If you're in that world where, you know, that's an option, I think you need to look really carefully at, like, what are the other options, you know, and um, can you, what if instead of mind controlling all the people, you just mind controlled, like, the TV pundits, or you just mind controlled all the the climate deniers, you know, (laughs) or you mind controlled some people in the legislature and you got certain things through, like, there would be kind of more scalpel-like applications of that technology instead of using it like a hammer. Right. And 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 I think... Yeah. And I think think that's really interesting. I think that the the key thing, I think, of what you said is, like, that that right now humanity hasn't sort of collectively said, you know, let's do this. We need to do this, you know? Right. I, I feel like on some level, if in the Supergirl universe there was sort of a collective understanding by humanity, and, like, how the hell would you judge? describe that but you know right that's not the most unrealistic thing to happen in the supergirl universe so sure but 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 if there was sort of a you know if if you could take a psychic poll yeah you know if non and astro were able to say look we know that this is what humanity wants but they're unable to achieve it Mm -hmm. then i think i'm probably with you you know on the one year thing you know and like i don't know why that that because maybe it's it's not even like it's because it's still consenting. You're not actually consenting to the method, but at least there's an agreement in the means. Because I think right, right. on some level... You, you mean in the the end? The, the, the ends, yeah, the, the ends. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like on some level where I hit my wall is when someone is saying, I know what's best for you, and so therefore I'm going to force you to do it. You know? Right. Um, well, so here's here's the reason that... And I, I totally... I'm with you on that 100% in principle. Yeah. Right? Here's the thing where we disagree, basically, is that I don't really want the humans to save Earth just for the humans. Yeah. Like, I I want the humans to stop destroying the planet for everyone living on the planet, not just the humans. Right. And so, you know, it can be tempting to be like, well, if humans aren't willing to do what's necessary to save their own habitable environment, then say la vie, you know? Right. Tough luck humans, right? You, you but you're right, that, that ignores all the collateral damage that we're causing. Because we're not just exactly. destroying our home, we're destroying the home of every... Well, 
you know, some living creatures are going to be better under global warming, but we're certainly destroying the home of, you know, an incredible number of living species. Yeah, species will adapt. There will be new species that can live under, you know, different circumstances, uh, different conditions, but there probably will be a lot fewer mammals, right? And yeah. a lot, basically, the, I mean, the, the animals that have the most well-developed brains, I think, actually will have the hardest time surviving because they have the longest lifespans in general, from what I understand, mm-hmm. and are are going to this is I'm like going way out on all here scientifically so you know this, this is kind of why I see the pants and don't don't necessarily trust my words too much but the point is is like evolution doesn't happen over I mean evolution of larger species doesn't happen over like two generations right right um, it takes you know thousands of years and and it can take a little shorter but but so you know the like microorganisms or whatever like they'll be fine you yep. know but like the the ones that you know were the ones that i'm more likely to look at and empathize with because like they actually have expressions on their faces and that's you know that doesn't mean that those are the only ones we should be able to empathize with but it but you you're know, acknowledging it, your own bias yeah and well and, and yeah yeah and limits to perception basically right. you know i mean there are a lot of animals that i can interact with and feel like I'm talking to a person, you know, right. there are other ones that might be just as intelligent, but that, you know, I mean, it's like and, my dad there said, are humans he I can... anything with oh, face, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, and so I think he ate fish, I guess, cause, or that he could talk to or something. And, and so, you know, it, it's just, it's like, um, it, th- yes, there are, there are barriers to empathy. Right. Um, and the, I, 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 this is this will go in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting myself off here. It is. I mean, what's kind of funny is originally we were going to do one whole episode just on this idea of villains we agree with, covering a couple of things. We then decided, you know what, we'll break that up into multi, a number of separate episodes instead of having yeah, so one episode that's just, you know, in numerous parts. And now we're almost at an hour and 20 minutes. Um, yes. So uh, let, let's wrap this up. But I think this is obviously a topic we're going to return to. Um, for anyone, list, uh, let me say. So, do you have any kind of last thoughts or comments you want to make sure get said? Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope you've all enjoyed the only podcast well, uh, where I'll be the one arguing for authoritarianism. <laughs> this was all and part my of my control. secret plan. Yeah. yeah sure. Sokovia Accords. Paul's in favor. <laughs> Negative. No. <laughs> but you know, those powered individuals could really help with this shit. So this is true. This is true. Yeah. Um, so thanks everybody for listening. Um, again, I mean, as you heard, this is a topic that we certainly have not resolved. Um, I'm I'm still kind of figuring it out. I think I, I you know I think we have a pretty good idea of where each of us are, but there's a lot of you know room to move. Um, would love to hear what other people thought. Um, did you agree with Astra? Did you agree with Nod? Did you think the whole plan was ridiculous? Um, what did do you, you watch Supergirl? Yeah. Did you? If you didn't watch Supergirl, what do you think of just this topic in general? You know, and what are I think some of the ones we're going to talk about definitely are the Justice Lords, Magneto, Ra's al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul, however you call his name. <laughs> um, but you know, what are the ones that that we haven't thought of? What what who are the villains you've you've agreed with and thought had, or at least somewhat agreed with and thought you know you want to uh, hear us discuss more? Let us know in the comments on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, leave a, a review for us on iTunes. 
Whatever you want to do, you can send us an email directly through the podcast or to superheroethics uh, at gmail.com. Uh, we'd really love to hear from you because I think this would be a great conversation to continue in those formats. So uh, with that, Paul, you want to um, give us your sign-off and tell us where we can follow more of your thoughts? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Zen Madman at Zen Madman. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> Zen Madman out. Awesome. Thank you. And this is, uh, again, the Superhero Ethics Podcast. You can find us at SuperheroEthics.com and also find us on Twitter, Facebook, all those things. Uh, I'm Matthew uh, on behalf of myself and for Paul. Thanks, everyone, for listening and tune in again next time.